having those people in your corner is so important to just be able to be you, you know, which sounds cheesy, but it's true. You've got to get the right people in your corner. And God really just said here, like, take all of these wonderful people, let them be um, who they are, and they'll bring out the best qualities in you. So. again with another episode of the thanks coach podcast where we talk about lessons learned from life's many coaches today i am joined by quite possibly one of the bubbliest personalities in the entire world gwen wright gwen and i were teammates at iowa state where she was a stud in the distance events and another great example of the impact that walk-ons can have at the division one level gwen is also one of the best friends i've ever met and always finds a way to cheer people up and make them feel loved i hope you see that as much as i do Here's episode number 12 of the Thanks Coach Podcast with Gwen Wright. Hi, Gwen. <laughs> Hi, Wyatt. <laughs> um, okay, how is life right now? Where are you? What are you doing? Tell me about yourself. <laughs> life is good. Um, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland at Johns Hopkins uh, School of Nursing. And yeah, I'm in my second semester, so I'm a very baby nurse right now um but yeah things are good you know just studying a lot hanging out how much school do you have when will you be done i graduate next may so i have three semesters left because we go through the summer too oh, you're so close then yeah so close <laughs> no. yeah. well, what are you gonna do when you graduate what's the plan you know we'll hopefully get a job and then <laughs> Pass my, well, pass my NCLEX first, then get a job. And I don't know where I'll go. You know, I thought maybe when I was done here, I'd go right back to Iowa. But I don't know. East Coast is kind of cool. So. Perfect transition back to small town Iowa life. <laughs> um, okay, where are you from? How small is it? Tell me about okay, it. Where I'm from. So I'm from Southeast Iowa. I live right outside side a town um, called Atumwa, and I went to Pekin High School. Very, very small. It's in Packwood, Iowa, and we were the Pekin Panthers, <laughs> and <laughs> um, it was very small. There, were, there was one building all the way from kindergarten to um, my senior year. We were all in one building. Um, just a typical small town 1A Iowa high school where everybody does everything. And yeah. How many people did you graduate with? I think like 40 people, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty small. I get made fun of all the time here because I graduated with like just over 100. Yeah. Gil was bigger. It's like you guys have no idea how small it yeah. is. Yeah, I think there's a school close to us called Tri-County, and one time they only had three seniors graduate from their class, and I was like, what do you do for a graduation ceremony? Like, everybody there is for three people, but yeah, it's funny. You were in like a classroom. You could probably fit everybody in one room. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, so very, very small. 
Yeah. We love rural Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there were two reasons why I wanted you to come on. First off, who doesn't love a good walk-on story? So we Yes! <laughs> so we'll do that first. So we were teammates at Iowa State. Back we were. I guess just tell me about, like, when you decided you wanted to run in college and, like, how that whole process worked out where you ended yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, in high school, um, my mom was actually the assistant coach for cross country. Um, and I just grew up around running all the time. So I love to run and it was just kind of natural for me. So um, did cross country and did basketball in the winter. And then without any training for track, just kind of jumped into track as soon as basketball was done because I was like, you know what, I'm so good at basketball. My dream when I was little, like my top job was to be an Iowa women's basketball player. So I uh, wanted to be a big hooper, but just never got tall enough to be good. <laughs> so good thing I can run straight because the, the basketball thing never worked out. But um, yeah, it's just ran in high school and never really thought about running in college. My mom ran at um, Simpson College in Indianola, which is a D3 school. It's really, really good running school. But um, I never really thought about it. And then in high school, I think my junior year, I ended up winning the 800 at state by like, uh, I don't, I don't know how it happened. I, I really don't. I was not expected to win. And I was, when I went before the race, I was like, mom, like you think I can get fifth place. Like fifth place is good. And somehow I, thought, I crossed the finish line. I was like, wait, did that just happen? I was in disbelief. But then after that, um, it was like July, is July 1st, like the contact period for like when, okay. I don't know either. Um, yeah, but then I started getting these phone calls on like July 1st and it was like, like it was Nebraska and Iowa State and some, some bigger schools. And they were like, hey, like we'd like to talk to you about cross country and track. And I was like, mom, like somebody wants you to run for them in college. This is exciting. So it was kind of a little whirlwind there for a little bit. Um, I really didn't want to go on all these visits or do anything. I had a lot of D2 recruit, like um, schools recruiting me, a lot of D3, and then some D Midwest D1 schools, um, and kind of scattered D1 schools throughout the country. But um, yeah, so I went to Nebraska for my first visit, loved Nebraska, thought it was an amazing school, and I was like, I'm done with my process. I took one visit, that's where I'm going, I'm done. And then... Um, yeah, my mom's like, well, you promised Iowa State you would go. Like, they set this up for you. You're going to go to Iowa State. Like, you can't make a decision after one school. So I'm like, I don't want to go to Iowa State, you know. Like I said, like, there's an Iowa women's basketball star. That was my dream. So like, Iowa State, like, what? And, uh, no, ended up going to Iowa State on a visit. And I, I loved it from when I first got there. I literally did. I met up with, I think, Aaron and Kelly. They took me on a tour, and right then I was like, yeah, I'm going here. So Jasmine still jokes. Jasmine's a former teammate of mine, but she was like, we all knew you were coming here. Like, when I was leaving, I was like, guys, next year we can go and do this. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. And anyways, I was so goofy. But, yeah, I loved Iowa State. And as I drove home, my mom was like, it's pretty quiet in the car. My mom's like, so are you glad you decided to go on your visit? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> So, yeah, I loved Iowa State. I've loved it ever since that day. So, yeah. 
by the end of your time there, you were a Big 12 scorer, right? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I always loved after I left and I'd see like all the pictures that they were posting of all you guys and you look just like the perfect little leader and mom to all the younger people. And I was like, oh, little Gwen is all grown up and leading her. <laughs> and, uh, little walk on from small town Iowa is now the. Right. Um, so what, I mean, you had kind of a, a strange experience, I guess, with different coaches because McD was there and Matt was there and then they left and then um, Coach Rudolph came in. Yep. Um, so what were those transitions like? And then eventually being the the old leader on your team? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like you said before, I came in as a walk-on. So um, I quickly realized that D1 is can be a business, you know, like – it's not this small town Iowa cross country team where the moms bring the snacks and like it's fine. Like it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore. So, um, yeah. Well, I worked uh, with the assistant coach at that time, who was um, Coach Matt. He would be mad if I called him Coach. So Matt, and he was great. And a lot of what we worked on was not only like training stuff, but also. Um, just like mental stuff, mental preparation. I thought as a walk-on, there were, I mean, I came in with a Canadian 5K national record holder or something like that. And I was like, hey, I got eighth place once at a state meet. Like, <laughs> so it was a big change. So um, also shout out Connor Green with the WOPA, you know, making me feel good. But <laughs> um no, it was just hard to feel like you belong there, you know? Like, I, I came in, I was getting dropped all the time. I wasn't wasn't the fastest anymore, um, which is great. It's a great environment to get better, but it was hard. And um, McD pushed me a lot, but Coach Matt for sure was um, somebody who worked on, like, no, you belong here. You got to step up, you know? And um, when he left after my freshman year, he kind of instilled in that in me to, like, all right, you belong. You've been through that process of, like, transitioning um from like a high school runner to a college athlete as a walk-on um so like make sure you you take care of the people that come after you you know and he he was like we worked so much on that belonging thing and once that clicked for me I feel like my confidence really like came through and I was able to finally race you know so when he left um I wanted to make sure I did that for the other other kids who came in you know and were struggling like when I was there so um, yeah, that's why I kind of got the mom. Actually, I was called more of a grandma, I think. I got a mug from a friend once that kind of like, you what? You're a grandpa. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Best grandpa ever. Well, I got an I love you grand mug. So, um, yeah, I was definitely the team grandma. But yeah, so after my freshman year, Matt left, which I was really, really thankful for even just a year with him because I think that made a whole world of difference. Um, in my college experience. And then McD left after my sophomore year, and then Coach Amy came in my junior year. And um, yeah, we were able to have success with all kinds of different coaches. And I think that's a big part of that is like the team. We had such a small team there that everybody really cared about each other. So it just, no matter the transition, you know, nobody left when Coach McD left, like everybody stayed put and we just wanted to do it together. So 
we were able to thrive under both sets of coaches, which was really nice. Uh-huh. Just kind of d- gives you the it gives you the little uh, the vibes, I guess, of our team and how close you were. But um, did you ever have a moment where like you were ready to give up or like you really felt like you didn't belong? Oh. Yeah, I think I think you froze on me. Okay, you're back. Um, absolutely, I did. I went home my freshman year. Um, I think at Thanksgiving after I had the worst cross country season of my life. I remember one time I was running a race and I like heard a cart and I'm like, I cannot be at the front. And no, it was the back of the pack cart that was about to run me over. So it was hard to get used to that, you know. Like you come from small town Iowa to like the big college scene and it's a hard transition for a lot of people so um yeah I went home that like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break and I'm like this is not it I did not think this is what it was like you know maybe it's not too late for the basketball thing (laughs) like (laughs) I just it was really really hard and I laugh about it but it was a hard time um that transition period but but I mean, I had so many people in my corner that made it worth coming back to. You know what I mean? Like, like you and um, Gracie, and we got Jazz, Aaron, all those gals on the team, um, and so many more people that were in my corner and like really wanted me to succeed. So it was easy to like come back and like try it again for like a different reason. You know what I mean? And I think that was just kind of the way I operated from then on out, and it was worth it. So, <laughs> yeah. You're answering these questions so good. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's fun to reflect on this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you tuck it away for a little bit, and you're like, no, that was actually so hard to get through. How many times did you have to come over, and I was crying? Or, like, you're like, here, you just need a hug. Like, it's okay. Like, it's a hard thing to get through, for sure. But lots of tears. Lots of runs where you just rant and then, you know, it's it's such a blessing when you can turn it around and be like, no, like, even in those hard times, a lot of really, really great things came out of that. So maybe it's because I'm older and wiser now, but that's the way I think. <laughs> yeah. um, so the other reason why I want you to come on, which I guess you already just kind of talked about it, but um, I think you're one of like the best friends to other people that I've ever met and it's just like like your Instagram posts about people's birthdays and all the things <laughs> but like I think you talked about it when just talking about you guys' team and how close everybody was and how as you got older you wanted to look out for the people that were coming after you and help them feel like they belong and um where did you learn that from like how did you just become such a nice and loving person <laughs> quiet I'm blushing (laughs) um no I think um I mean my my family has always instilled that in me to not only just like I mean reflecting back to like when I wanted to quit like just they've always been able to sit me down and like you know help me look through some of these things whether it's my sisters giving me their perspectives or my parents just like listening and I think that is and my friends as well, that just gives me the ability to like, you know, like get my emotions out, get out how I feel and then come back to it. And I think that allows me to do that with other people as well. You know, 
Um, and that's part of why I wanted to be a nurse because you get to do that all the time and you get to, um, you know, be that person that people can talk to and, um, you know, help to get other people to where they want to be as well. And you talk about like racing and like running and stuff and part of being on a team. And that's what I wanted when I went to college. It's like, I had so many wonderful mentors too, and like coaches in high school that like show me how important it is to be a team. But like, you gotta know your role and like where you belong. So like, whether that's being the best and being a Kaylee Logue who laps the entire field, <laughs> um, which she's also just a wonderful person, but, or just somebody that's like there in practice that can like be out there on the field, whether you're injured or whatever you're doing that can just like mentor people along and cheer them on and um, just listen to people after they've had a bad day or a good day or whatever. You've got to hype them up or just sit there and cry with them. And that really like, um, kind of gives you that ability to connect with other people. So I would say for Iowa state wise, like I, I, I loved my team so much that it was just genuine that I, I really did care. You know, if another person was in my race, my teammate and they kicked my butt, that was okay with me <laughs> as long as they were running fast ahead of me. But, um, and yeah, like I mentioned before, like with the whole like belonging and like helping people come onto the team and stuff, like, I don't know. Um, Coach Matt for sure, like, helped me realize, like, okay, you struggled a lot this year. Are we going to let that go to waste or are you going to use that to help other people? Um, so I really didn't want to go to waste. Too many tears to cry for that to be a waste. So. <laughs> but I don't know if that answered your friend question, but more of like a, a mentorship question, I guess. <laughs> I, I just have like Lori's voice stuck in my head now that I feel like she'd be like Gwen you do belong I know it is it is <laughs> Lori Lori also had all those topic like talks with me too but that's that's another like good point it's like what allows me to be who I am is all of those mentors and friends that like let me be heard and like let me say what I want to say and like actually listen and guide me along when I'm struggling or I'm really happy or whatever it may be. But having those people in your corner is so important to just be able to be you, you know, which sounds cheesy, but it's true. You've got to get the right people in your corner. And God really just said here, like, take all of these wonderful people, let them be um, who they are and they'll bring out the best qualities in you. So, yeah. Um, but I think you deserve some credit for that too, of going and finding those people because well, like, I know your story and I know that it wasn't just like you ended up on a good team with teammates who cared about you. You had like other people on the team, not in the distance group and you had football players and wrestlers and <laughs> non-athletes. And, um, so you obviously saw those people out in some way or stumbled across them but um so for I guess here's your chance to give advice to other people who don't have that how do you <laughs> how do you find good people that are in your corner like that um I think for me the way I that's a good question Wyatt that's a good question I gotta think but I think the the most the the matter of fact answer is that I prayed really, really, really hard for people like that. 
I think in high school I struggled a lot with finding like your group or your people that are going to have your back and be there for you, you know? And so when I was leaving high school, I, and even in college, when I was coming into college, I just prayed so hard for people that, that God would send to me, people that I could connect with and be with. And um, every morning I would pray that like any way that he could, he would use me. Like whether that meant he meant like he led me to that person who needed something for that day or whether somebody saw that in me to come up to me and talk you know I think that's a that's a huge God thing so maybe he made my voice extra loud for a reason so that way I could draw people in with my extra loud voice (laughs) um no I I feel really really blessed and I think the good people in my life are total um I think I told one of my friends the other day he was a blessing in people form. So I have a lot of those, a lot of those for sure. Such a good answer. Um, <laughs> have you had enough cheesiness for the for the interview now? <laughs> about is cheesiness. <laughs> okay. Off topic from those kind of, but just favorite story from college. Um, how are you supposed to pick one favorite story from college? Um, what would that be? Um, there's a lot. Okay, a lot of them revolve around football season, like going to the games, having them win. Um, yeah, having them win. What else? No, there's so many memories. How am I supposed to decide? Um, I have a lot of really good, I think one really cool thing about um, our athletics teams is that you get to travel with your best friends doing something you love. So I think just any of those moments, I remember Aaron and I one time, we were in Stanford, and we like got done racing, and we got a little ice cream, we were feeling so good, and we were just like sitting in the hot tub that night in California, like it's so cold in Iowa, like negative 30 degrees, and we're just like, wow, this is, this is good. This is a good life. (laughs) You know, after we just beat our bodies up and ran like 14 miles that morning, but you know, whatever. There's just too many good memories to name for sure. Uh, Um, okay. Time for your final questions, which I have to look at. Final questions. Okay. Um, Okay, so I ask these questions to every single person that I have on here. Okay. (laughs) So the questions are about what you're learning and what you're teaching other people and stuff like that. But so in these questions, like the people or whatever um, doesn't have to be like an actual person. Like, so I've, I've explained this in like my other podcast I did with Connor talking about like what this podcast is about. And so it's called Thanks Coach because you learn from anything in your life. So anything can be a coach. It doesn't have to be like an actual person, right? Um, mm-hmm. So just know that going into these questions that like, if it's asking like, I guess like, so the first question is what are you learning and who are you learning it from? That doesn't have to be a person. It can be okay. Um, so there you go. First question: What are you learning 
at this point in your life right now? And who are you learning it from? Hmm. Okay. Gosh. I've listened to all your podcasts. I should be more prepared than this. Um, I think what I'm learning right now is how to thrive wherever you go and how sorry, my words are messed up. I so here, I'll take the long route to answer this question. I was so comfortable at Iowa State. You know, you get four years there, you're surrounded by your best friends. You are, I was still in Iowa. There's a Casey's down the street. You, you know, you feel comfortable. Um, but then, you know, you move to Baltimore, which is a completely different vibe. You know no one. Um, and so, you know, and also faith-wise, you know, Iowa State, I had my church. I had my FCA group. I had all different kinds of connections um, with that. So I think right now I'm still just trying to figure out how to, thrive when you're just sent somewhere you know what i mean Where, when god says okay i want you to go to johns hopkins i want you to go to baltimore i want you to thrive like i think i'm learning how um to do that you know with school um with finding more really really great people which i have found really really great people here um with my roommates and my my classmates and whatever it may be um but just learning to also like stick true to all those things I endured at Iowa State and all those lessons that I learned along the way and bring them here. So even though we're not in like college town, Iowa, we're not in rural Iowa, we're in the middle of Baltimore. Um, you know, how do we like continue to keep the faith strong? How do we continue to make those genuine connections like, you know, in a completely new environment? So I don't really know who's teaching me that. Maybe uh, the good Lord upstairs, uh, maybe Baltimore, I don't know, but um, just learning how to, to do that and keep the old connections alive too, you know, the people who mean a lot to you. How do you do that when you're 15 hours away and it's COVID and you can't really just go home all the time? So yeah, that's what I'm learning. <laughs> um, okay, on the flip side, who are you teaching and what are you teaching them? Hmm. Um okay. I don't I guess okay. I feel like Zoe Zoe's gonna come after me for this if she listens. <laughs> I feel like right now I am able to teach my sister from afar. She is at DMAC, um, which is a community college in Boone playing softball and killing it. Um she's so smart and she's so great at a million things. But right now she's trying to decide like what's the next step for her. Um, so with colleges and careers and life in general. So right now I think I'm trying to just be there for her when she's making those decisions and, uh, teach her what I know. Um, she asks a lot of questions about, you know, how do I mentor a team? Like, how do I be a leader? Like, how do I share my faith with my teammates? Like, I want that closer bond with them, Gwen, like, how do you do that? And so I think, I learned that from people like you and from Jasmine and from Derek and Trey and Lex, you know, all of those wonderful people um, too. So like, it's kind of fun now that you get to take that and share it with somebody like my little sister. So I'm really proud of her right now for being such a good leader and like not only making these hard next step life decisions, but like really like 
making an effort to make her team better, which is really cool. So, yeah. Oh, I love it because, so like I've had Macbeth and Derek and Trey and Suze and all these people on here who like Macbeth probably impacted Derek and Trey and Suze and they impacted me and then somehow I impacted you and then you're impacting Zoe and like it's this like nice little trickle down of like, I don't know, teaching and learning and teaching and learning and um yeah I just it's it's like we're all connected in this life for some reason you know yeah. wonder who could be behind that I don't know. <laughs> okay last question who has been your biggest coach in life Ooh. Um, again, coach not being like actual coach but yeah whatever taught you yeah you know i I'm going to say, obviously, my parents have been amazing coaches, and that the group of friends I have is absolutely incredible. They they coach me every day um, and help me to be better. But I'd say my older sister Samantha um, has really just in every walk of my life. When we were little, uh, she's like a year and a half older than me, uh, but she's kind of went through. The steps I'm going through um, all through my life you know she's been that two steps ahead of me and so I think um, she's just a great example of like somebody who anytime I need anything or anytime I'm struggling or anytime I need advice whether it's faith life school living um, anything you know she's there to get me on track and to keep me in check and I mean she knows me better than probably anybody so I'd say my my life's coach would be <laughs> Manny for sure. But, yeah, she's just been an incredible sister and a, an incredible role model too, you know. So she's smart and she's she's funny and she's got her life together. And so that makes me excited that I get a sister and a friend that kind of just can help me along this this walk of life. So, yeah, God was really, God was looking out for me when he gave me my sisters too. Sisters, friends, life, opportunity, you know, he's all got a big part in it all. So, yeah. I I hope everyone that listens to this just like hears the way you give people shout outs. Because <laughs> it's so, like, it's like a mini shout out followed by like every compliment you could think of to give that person about why they're amazing. <laughs> that's what i was saying quiet quiet to give you hype too you're very special to me too so you know that but i think it's special that you like see all of those things in people and like like that's why i mean it's funny to go back to it again but your like birthday instagram post like it's like the tiny little details about people that you think are so special and that they need to know are special about them so you're a rock star for that Um, thanks Wyatt yeah um okay so to end I shall tell a story about why I wanted you to finally be on the podcast oh okay (laughs) how many times have I asked you to be on here like a lot this isn't going on for what months (laughs) yeah Um, and so finally the other day I texted you without asking this time and just said you're going to be on it pick a time we're doing this i remember 
a few days before that was the shooting in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Just down the road, um, 10 people died. A guy shot up a, a grocery store. Um, and so along with everyone around here and probably across the country, I spent like the following days just like thinking about what's so wrong with people and wrong with the world sometimes and why evil wins and um, all that sad stuff that we think about when bad things happen. And I thought to myself, I need the person who is going to cheer me up more than anyone else and who cheers everyone else up. Um, And, (laughs) and everyone who listens to this, all like 10 of them, need to know who Gwen Wright is and how she is so bubbly and loving because everyone else needs to start being like that. So that is why I finally gave you no choice and made you come on. Um, right. I'm feeling emotional. That was such a nice thing to say. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just... Right. I mean, when, remember when the pandemic hit and I lost, we, we all lost our seasons, you know, and it was super it was it was heartbreaking and it was that night the night i found out who did i need to call to reassure me to calm me down i was cr- half face half facetiming you because i couldn't put my face in the whole camera because i was crying so much even though you've seen me cry millions of times i don't know why that was a big deal but like you know like you're that reassuring presence for me too you know uh, a blessing in the form of a human that that always makes me feel better too so i'm so glad we got to do this finally <laughs> a compliment without turning it around and complimenting me <laughs> that's who you are oh my gosh Glenn, love you. thanks for coming on i love you too you're the best wyatt thanks for joining us again for the thanks coach podcast Subscribe to get updates when new episodes come out and keep tuning in as I interview some amazing people to find out how they are constantly learning from every situation that life throws at them. See you next time.